Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this in November of 2020. And welcome to episode 25, What is Fluency? Now we know we've talked about number sense Uh and number talks. Yes. And we knew that we would always circle back to these topics. But I think now is the time we talk about fluency. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Well, we want to give a shout out to our friend Jen, who emailed us. In her email, she said, Hey, ladies, I listened to your Number Talk podcast today, and it was fabulous as usual. Y'all are my kind of people. (laughs) That sounds like her, (laughs) y'all. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for that email, Jen. We really appreciate feedback, as you know. It totally made our day. It did. What's your reflection for this week? As you know, our last episode was about old math. Old math. And I was really thinking about how everybody says, well, it's not broken. We don't need to change oh, right. it. If it's not broke, don't fix don't, it. Don't fix it, right? Oof. But wait, isn't that why we're like 23rd or 27th well, in the world? Well, that's exactly my point, Jeez. right? It is broken. Yes. It, it. We're not doing it to the best of our ability. Right. And we do need to change. Yes. And I'm again, like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over Over and over again and expecting expecting different results, results, right? (laughs) And that's what I think that we're doing. We keep doing the same thing and expect the kids to come out better somehow. Right. That's not going to happen unless we put in the work. Right. And we make a change. And we really commit to that change. I feel like, yes, Common Core has been around for so long, but teach have still been teaching in the, the ways. The old ways. Yes, they have been teaching the old ways. They haven't embraced bought, it. Right, right. Embraced it themselves. Yes. I just wish that's, that math wasn't always looked at as a challenge. You know, we need to change that mindset. There was, did you see that AT&T ad? Oh my gosh, I almost had a conniption. Yeah. What were they thinking? I, I don't know. But did you retweet it? Because No, I, I didn't. Me neither. I want to... I really want to craft a good tweet to be like, what the heck were you thinking? Yeah, yeah. And even in our, in some of our SEL videos that we have, a lot of things like, think about something that was hard for you and that you were able to overcome. It always comes back down to to math. math. Why? Why don't they say that about reading? Why don't they say that about science? It's always math. Always. That really makes me mad. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? What are we perpetuating? Insanity. That's what we're perpetuating. Yeah. That was a really good reflection. Thanks. What about you? What's your reflection? My reflection is I was thinking about our first quarter reality check. Yeah. And how you and I discussed the other day that, because we're not on quarters, our our secondary schools are, our middle and high schools are, but elementary, we're on trimesters. And then you said- We're not even at the first trimester yet. Like, we haven't done report cards. I was like, oh God, you're right. We only did progress reports a few weeks ago. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And just how the- you know, mid June. When did we get out? I don't even remember. Yeah, it's no, it's, it's gonna like, be yeah, mid or late June. Which we is started almost three weeks later, later than we usually do. <sighs> so that was just my reflection of <laughs> yikes. We got we got a long way to go. Yeah, but let's go to good news. Yes, 
I do have some good news. This week, I used 10 frames for multiplying decimals with a whole number. Oh, when so we're you used doing it as partial quotients. Of... Right, when we're using for partial oh. quotients. Because, of course, they haven't mastered multiplying decimals yet. We did it in within like six days. You right. know, like that's not enough no. to really understand multiplying decimals. No. I gave them a 10 frame. I showed them how to use it. And I am loving it. And here's why. Because of the relationships that it's showing, right? Yes. If I multiply four times, we did this one actually, four times 25 hundredths, mm-hmm. which is the same as 25 cents, <laughs> right? right? But instead of writing it across the top row, mm-hmm. if you write it in the columns, you're doubling. Oh, so you did 20, 25 hundredths and underneath it 25 yeah. hundredths and then next 25, to it. And then 25. And then, so then we're building. So it looked like a square. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then we're looking at that first column and it's 50, 50 cents, cents or, right. or, you know, five tenths. Right. Or and 50 hundredths. Right. And then the other column is also five tenths. Oh. So it's really building on those connections and those relationships. I love it. It might be my new favorite tool. Wait, more than the area model? No. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be honest here. But, but of the year, <laughs> okay, my new favorite okay. tool of the year. There we go. <laughs> I gotcha. Well, my good news is that I heard from one of my former students this week oh, in yay. email. He emailed me and said, and put in the, wait, he put in the subject line, important message. Oh. And of course I'm thinking, oh my oh, gosh, my, what is right. first? I was like, is this spam? But then I looked who it was. <laughs> yeah. It was one of my kiddos from last year. Aww. And he put, hi, Mrs. Tomas, it's me. Right. Right. I wanted to ask, how's it going? Aww. Like he was checking on me. Aww. How sweet, right? And by the way, I'm doing great. I'm in sixth grade. Aww. Because, you know, in case I forgot he was with me last year in fifth grade, right? <laughs> right. And I am doing awesome in school. Yay. So we kind of went back and forth, had a little dialogue. And I was like, remind me what school you're at. Because, you know, most right. of my kids go yes. to all different middle schools. Yeah, same. And I asked him who his math teacher was. And it's somebody I don't know. So, darn. I was hoping he had our friend. <laughs> yes. One yeah, of yeah, our yeah. friends that yeah. teaches there. But no, he doesn't. But that's okay. I thought that was so super sweet of him to reach out to that me. That is. That is. Because we were saying how we never hear from our kids and no. we don't know how they're doing. and Especially fifth graders. Yep, they're gone. They're right? out. <laughs> they don't have time for elementary anymore. They're no. on to middle school. You got it. This week's topic. Listen, I, you know I can't wait to get into this. Yeah. We have a lot. I wish, listeners, I wish that you could see the amount of books that Laura has on her lap. I count one, two, I, three, four. I think there's more under there, four, but you can't see and them. And then two more on the table. Right. And I have one that's, I have one open and an article open. There will be a lot of referencing in this episode just because we want. I want you to have the research. Yes. It's not just us. No. You're not just taking our word for it because we're just on the battleground. We are. We're (laughs) right there with you. That's what we are. And we look to those who know more. Right. Or have the research to back it up. Right. Since we are classroom-based teachers we're not you know out doing active research and all of that kind of stuff right let's start with a definition of what is fluency okay i have 
three quotes that I want to say first. Okay. The first one is from Adding It Up, the National Research Council, and this came out in 2001. Oh, wow. So we're talking 19 years ago. Procedural fluency refers to the knowledge of procedures, knowledge of when and how to use them appropriately, and skill in performing them flexibly, accurately, and efficiently. Hmm. That Doesn't that sound familiar? It does. Okay. We're going to move on to the National Council of Teachers and Mathematics. They put out a book in 2014, Principles to Actions, and it says, being fluent means that students are able to choose flexibly among methods and strategies to solve contextual and mathematical problems. They understand and are able to explain their approaches, and they are able to produce accurate answers efficiently. Fluency builds from initial exploration and discussion of number concepts to using informal reasoning strategies based on meanings and properties of the operations to the eventual use of general methods as tools in solving problems. I know that was wordy, but again, we'll we'll put everything in the show notes. The last one I want to say is a position statement from the National Council of Teachers Mathematics. This was also in 2014, which is when Principles to Actions came out. They said, procedural fluency is the ability to apply procedures accurately, efficiently, and flexibly to transfer procedures to different problems and contexts, to build or modify procedures from other procedures, And to recognize when one strategy or procedure is more appropriate to apply than another. Uh, I mean, we can't get any better than this, right? Right, right. Really, in every book that we picked up and looked for a definition of fluency, it came back to those three things. Yes. To accuracy, efficiency, and flexibility. Yep, all of them. And Jenny Bay Williams in her Math Fact Fluency book, which I'll be referring to several, probably several times throughout this episode, uh-huh. she says accuracy is the ability to produce mathematically precise answers. Efficiency is the ability to produce answers relatively quickly and easily. Flexibility is the ability to think about a problem in more than one way and to adapt or adjust thinking if necessary. She also talks about appropriate strategy use, mm-hmm. which sometimes that's kind of tucked in to flexibility. Right. She says that it's the ability to select and apply a strategy that is appropriate for solving the given problem efficiently. Okay. I have a couple more that I want to dive into. This one is from Sherry Parrish's Number Talks book. And she says, often fluency with numbers is compared to knowing basic facts. Yes. However, fluency is more than fact recall. Fluency is knowing how a number can be composed and decomposed and using that information to be flexible and efficient with solving problems. Yeah, which, ah, right? Ah. Like, that's num- that's number talks. That's all we right. love. I mean, yeah, that's well, it. Well, it is. It that's is I know. the number talks book. <laughs> I know. But that's, I mean, you can really see how she used that to develop what number talks are. Yes. You know? Yes. And she get, got all that great research from all the the people that we've named, right? Right. right. Okay, I'm going to jump into Building Fact Fluency, A Toolkit for Addition and Subtraction, The Facilitator's Guide by Graham Fletcher and Tracy Zager. Okay. Okay? They have a table that says, what do the terms efficient, accurate, and flexible mean in the context of math facts? 
Okay. I'm going to give you the term and then what it means for computational fluency. Okay. Okay. Because I think computational fluency and procedural fluency, I haven't thought about this. Is it the same or is it different? Let's think about that. Okay. 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 Accurate. Finding the right answer. Yes. Right. We've said that. Right. Efficient. So I like this one though. Solving a problem with a strategy that saves time or labor. Okay. I like that one. Right. That's the first time I've heard it written like that yeah. or said like that. Flexible. Knowing multiple solution paths and choosing an appropriate strategy for the particular problem. Yeah. Again, we're all reiterating the same, the same thing. Mm-hmm. But when you have teachers that don't know what fluency means, they think, let's get out the time test yes. and let's just memorize. Yes. Let's get into that memorization part because it goes on to say in the Building Fact Fluency document that I have. Yep. For example... A student who memorizes each fact in isolation has to learn four separate equations to know the facts 7 plus 8 equals 15, 8 plus 7 equals 15, 15 minus 7 equals 8, and 15 minus 8 equals 7. Right. Whereas a student who understands the inverse relationship between addition and subtraction, that one undoes the other, and the commutative property, can think of 8, 7, and 15 as a triplet or a fact family. Therefore, students who understand relationships can do less work to remember these number combinations and students who are trying to commit them all to memory through brute force, breaking pencil tips off as they grind through worksheets with 50 equations to a page. Thank you, Graham and Tracy, for saying that. Yeah, absolutely. It still breaks my heart that I see math minutes out there. Uh, what are we yeah. doing to kids? Yeah, I, I want to just share a personal story with that too, though. Okay. I think we all have our stories when it comes to memorizing facts. We do. <laughs> and I remember, it's something I'll never forget. I can even remember like what the page looked like. Oh, gosh. It was in front of me. But it was just a lined piece of paper. But after I was done, my dad asked me to write down my facts three times five because I didn't know three times five is equal to 15 Mm -hmm. and he made me write it down all on a lined piece of paper and I was crying crying tears as he made me do it because I mean he didn't know better he this is how he was taught right he was told that you had to know them Mm -hmm. so he emphasized that with me and yeah I just remember I remember that feeling of okay I have to memorize this and putting that pressure on myself that that's what math was and one of my stories is I remember in fourth grade we did the go up to the teacher she had the flashcards you had to say them you know Mm -hmm. like this and then you got your sticker on the chart and I remember my fours and it was all about speed and if you didn't regurgitate that fact within I don't know a half a second or something you didn't get it you didn't get that credit you know yeah so I I think I had to try that at least you know three four however many times it was but you know as a nine-year-old that's crushing yeah it is it is and I always hated those like around the world or the like I that was just not for me and even now I'm not fast with my with my facts but it you don't have to be that's the point that I think everyone's missing right 
but that's and that doesn't make me bad at math that's that's the difference right I know that I I do have to stop and think what seven times nine is Uh uh-huh but that doesn't mean that I can't get there or that I'm bad at it right do you know what what I always had trouble with was eight plus four and I don't know why but like eight plus four and eight plus three I somehow just even as an adult, I'm saying, right. you know, I'd have to really, st- I'd say 8, 9, 10, 11 on my yeah. fingers yeah. kind of thing. Well, since doing number talks yes. with kids for all these years. So much better. And, you know, doing 10 frames and everything, I'm like, oh, it's 8 and 2 and one more. So yep. now it's 11. Yes. Another person I want to mention is Kathy Seely. She's one of the past presidents of NCTM, of National Council of Teachers Mathematics. And she has two books out. The only one I have in my hand right now is Faster Isn't Smarter. And I can't remember. Can you believe it? I can't remember the other one. We'll, we'll look it up and okay. we'll put it in the show notes. Okay. But, I mean, just by that title alone, yeah. Faster Isn't Smarter. It's not. And I have that as one of my cute little sayings that I use in my classroom because I teach kids all the time you don't have to be fast Same. to be good at math right joe bowler oh here we go <laughs> here, I'm, I'm the, big guns. the big guns joe bowler wrote an article fluency without fear research evidence on the best ways to learn math facts and that's available on youtube if you have not ever seen that please pick it up please yeah. please download the pdf and read it she says speed and memorization are two directions that we urgently need to move away from not towards Wait, so we have to speed up to to stop using the practice (laughs) of speed. Okay, good. I like that. What research tells us is that students understand more complex functions when they have number sense and deep understanding of numerical principles, not blind memorization or fast recall. Yep. The PISA team. So that's one of our big tests that the whole world takes. Right. Their data from 13 million 15-year-olds across the world show that the lowest achieving students are those who focus on memorization and who believe that memorizing is important when studying for mathematics. Well, let's go back to growth and fixed mindset. Hello? Yeah. Who wanted the more challenging problems? The kids that had a growth mindset. Right. Oh, I'm so glad you're trying this. Wow, look at the effort. You're paying off, you know, rather than you got it right. Good job. Right. Right. Well, and I really do think that we have been so answer focused in our math instruction and we really need to shift that focus to understanding, seeing patterns, looking for connections, not faster is better because it's really not. It's not about the answer. We have calculators for that. Yep. Calculators can't critically think. Nope. But we we can. We have A-L-E-X-A and I can't say it otherwise she's going to, you know, jump into the conversation. If you want to know what seven times eight is, just ask her. Right. You know, we have to teach kids to look for the relationships of numbers. And you know what? I don't even want to teach them that. I don't want it to be taught to them. I want the students to have the opportunity to see it themselves. Yeah. Amen. And that's where that whole I'm sitting down and I'm not saying anything has come into play so much this year. Yeah. Also let them let them squirm a little bit. Let them think. And yes. let them let that silence be, I don't know, like, useful. Yeah, right. And it was very hard. I'm gonna tell you. I'm not Of course. I mean it was so hard to just sit and close my mouth and wait. And those kids, I'm telling you, they rose 
rose to the occasion mm-hmm. when I did that. If you are a middle or high school teacher and you have never seen this book, Making Number Talks Matter, Developing Mathematical Practices and Deepening Understanding Grades 4 to 10, it's by Kathy Humphreys and Ruth Parker, who were really the instigators of Number Talks. Yeah. Please, please, please pick it up. If you're one of my friends, I own the book. Please, you can borrow it from me. You know that. You know that. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> All right. I do have a question for you, Laura. Okay. What about where does automaticity fall? This is where we get into the nitty gritty with, we get into that battlefield yeah. with other teachers, right? Because they're like, they have to know it like this. Right. And to try to teach the teachers the difference between memorization and automaticity, that they're two different things. Right. That fluency is not speed. Right. Fluency is not rote memorization. It's not. Right. And in our standards, it says be fluent. And that at one doesn't point, mean That doesn't mean be able to come up with the answer in 3.2 seconds. Or less. Because 3.3 is too slow. Exactly. Right. That's what it says on page 27 of their manual in right. their head. Right. 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 Okay. I love this quote from Kathy Fosno. It's from 2007. It's her mini lessons book. That memorization refers to committing the results of unrelated operations to memory so that thinking through a computation is unnecessary. Whereas automaticity says answers to facts must be automatic, produced in only a few seconds. Thinking about the relationships among the facts is critical. So again, coming back to do we want them to know their facts? Yes. But we want them to understand where it came from, not just memorize it. Right. And maybe if we can do things that promote fluency building, which we'll talk about in a second, that's where we'll get out of being the 23rd, 27th, in the world mathematically on right. the, the world tests. Right. Because memorizers are not good test takers. No. They're regurgitators. Yeah. yeah. And my next question was where, what about practice? Because <laughs> a lot of times you hear this, practice makes perfect, right? If you're a piano player, you have to practice And that's three actually hours. a misnomer too. It's, yes. Perfect practice makes perfect. Yes. And that's from David Sousa's book. And when we went to that conference in Texas, I remember Eric Jensen saying that, and that stuck with me back then, that perfect practice makes perfect. Yes, it does. Because if you're practicing something wrong, you're just memorizing the wrong thing. So that goes back to two episodes again, where we talked about homework and what in the world are we doing. Yeah. No, stop. Because I tell students this, and parents and teachers all the time. I don't give that day homework because if you go home and you don't know how to do it and you end up doing it wrong it's going to take me three on three weeks for you to unlearn it yeah exactly and really we don't have time for that right now no no not in the crazy 2020 we're in no okay so what do we do how do we develop fluency how do we do this our number one is is number number talks (laughs) all the way back to episode two Two. yes two episode two if you want more information see we knew number talks was going to come back again and again and And again i think think we even (laughs) talked about it already in probably the number sense one right in episode 21 number sense or no sense number talks are crucial and if you're no 
noticing that kids are having a hard time with their number facts mm-hmm. and patterns and numbers mm-hmm. and relationships. Relationships and numbers. Like in my class, just this week, we've been doing partial quotients mm-hmm. and I was writing down my, you know, the facts that I know. Because that's the beauty of partial quotients is that you use what you know, use what you know. to divide. Right. And to so you can take use out chunks the facts, of it. Right. You don't have to do the whole quotient. Random it's part ones. of a quotient. Right, right. Right. You do the ones you know. And my gosh, how many times have I told kids, get to a 10 or yeah. get to a multiple of 10 right. or even a 5? Right. On the side of my paper, I wrote, we were dividing 14 or something by divided 14. by 14. Okay. And I wrote 14 times 10, 140. 14 times 20, I double 140. I get 280. But you just wrote it down. I just, I wrote it as I was saying oh, it. Oh, you were saying, I was saying that. it out loud. Like thinking out loud. Yeah. Okay. And then I can double it again. 14 times 4 is 560. Right. And I could hear, like, how did she get that so fast? Oh, the whispering. Yeah. <gasps> like, what? Wait, what? How did, what? She must be a magician. <laughs> And then I did 14 times 30 where I just added because I said I can just take the 10 and the 20 and add those up to get 420. Did you get deer in headlights? That's that's where I lost them. Yeah. Complete deer in headlights. That's where I lost them. I think I had most of them with the doubling. (laughs) Okay. But when I did the 10 and the 20 and add those, they were like, wait, what? What? (laughs) I can can hear. What did you do? A group of kids doing that. Yeah. And I I did another one. This was another problem. I did times 100 and then I halved it to get 50 times 50. 50, Mm -hmm. And they were like, whoa, that was really smart. Yes. Yes, it is, isn't it? Well, it's just all about patterns and connections. When we were getting ready for this episode and you told me that story, I said to you, all right, next week when we go back after break, you've got to show them visually that... Yes. You know, you've got 10 groups of 14 and then 20 groups of 14 and draw it out and then circle the whole thing and say, look, here's the 30 groups of 14. Right. And maybe start with a lower number. There's one way mm-hmm. that you we can develop fluency. Another way, which we love, are games. Games. Games, games, games. Play, play, play. I took the BFF kit, the Building yeah. Fact Fluency kit. For the past three weeks, I've been working with second graders, then first graders, then kindergarten. I, I actually... Actually, oh, I survived kindergarten week, oh, by yeah. the way. Oh, good, good. <laughs> and it was really fun. Aww. It really was. Exhausting, right. but it was. It right. was fun. One of the teachers came back early, and I was right at the end of playing the game Cover the Difference with the kids that I had created onto the, I put it onto a jam board. Yeah. And I made circles and squares because I don't have game pieces. Right, you know, we're, right. We're in COVID times, so I had to make it virtual. And I got to play one of the games with the teachers. I said to her, do you want to play this game with me? And she said, oh, yeah. Now, I've known this teacher for five minutes because I'm new to this school, right? right? Well, I found out she's more competitive than I am. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, but it's five-year-olds. Relax. Like, <laughs> Anyway, on Friday, the teacher actually came back late. And I knew she was coming back late because I had received a text. But again, you know, you have to have all all your backup plans in your head. Well, when she came back in, I had to show off my Spanish speaking to her. Not that I speak Spanish. I was reading, I should say, my (laughs) Spanish reading to her. And she's like, you can roll your R's. I said, yes, I can. (laughs) Anyway, I said, do you want to play a game with me? And she said, yes. So I got to play that game with her virtually 
individually, but I know that she appreciated it and being able to play that with her kids now, with her students, and have kid-to-kid competition. Because I said, just duplicate the slide on the Jamboard and you'll have 16 extra, not that she needs that many, to play play partner-wise. But I can't tell you, the kids are going to know combinations to five so much faster than if you're just giving them naked numbers. Right. Plus, if you can use five frame cards, how much better would that be? Right. And the beauty of games versus a worksheet is that a worksheet, once you're done, mm-hmm. that's it. It's it's done. Mm-hmm. It's life is over as well. Like you're not going to go and erase all the answers and do it again. Right. But a game, you can play, you play again and again and again. You get more bang for your buck. You know what? On Facebook, I saw this morning or last night, I don't remember, there was a post and it was about Monopoly. Ah. Remember how we talked yes. about Monopoly before? So I, I'll pull it out and okay. read it and send it to you afterwards. And if I can link it on show notes, I definitely will. But the power of five and ten yeah. in Monopoly. Yeah, for sure. The other way that we can develop fluency in the classroom is by using visual models. Yes. And we've talked about this already. Berkeley, thank we, you. Yes. Kyle, Math thank is visual, you. right. Yes. All of those things. Steve Wyborny's videos. Oh my gosh. The multiplication course. I mean, we need to show these visual representations different ways. That's how you build that fluency and those connections and those patterns. And then finally, in Jenny Bay Williams's book, she talks about if we're not going to assess using a timed test, then what do we do? Right. What's the alternative? Her suggestion is to use observations. Yes. <laughs> and it goes back to act what assessment really is you mean to sit beside to sit beside beside. which you taught me that a few episodes ago and and, but really you could even play a game with the kids yes and know if they know it or not right how much fun kids love it when we play games of course because they want to beat us yes and i want them to win yeah i do i want them to win All right, I think we're ready for our challenge. Thanks for sticking with us in this episode. I I, this was a big one. This was a long one. It was there's a lot in here, and we only scratched the surface again, right? Again, but we will be continuing this conversation. We look forward to hearing from you as well. But go ahead, Laura, share the challenge. Okay, our challenge for you this week is to learn more about fluency, what fluency means, what it actually is, and what it's not. Yeah. And engage with us on social media or through email. Let us know what we've missed. Maybe we've missed another way, a great way to develop fluency in the classroom. Yeah, if you're like, Laura, Karina, you forgot this one. Let us know. Let us know. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag learning through math. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too.